negative uh, towards the Holy Spirit. And I'm hoping through this series that I have uh, changed your thoughts on that. And really, honestly, uh, we, we are all a product of things that we've gathered, information that we've gathered through life. And some of us have just been told wrong things about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so we've been on this series, The Holy Spirit Honored. And uh, honestly, I, I used this, uh, this title, and I, I got it from a couple of passages of Scripture that I want to launch with today. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now, uh, the Bible's talking to Christians here. Uh, the Apostle Paul's talking to Christians, and he's saying, Don't you understand, don't you know that you have become a house, a, a temple, a, a, a place where the Holy Spirit dwells now. And he says, I want you to understand that. I believe is because he wants us to honor, honor the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that he is God in us. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and, and I've been making this statement throughout this series, and if you're new to it today, just I, I want to do this for you, is that the Holy Spirit is not an accessory in our life. He's not some add-on in our life. He's not a spiritual hitchhiker that, that just uh, is here for the, for the ride. But as a Christian, as a believer, the Holy Spirit is to be God in our life. And we're to honor him as God in our life. And therefore, he wants to lead us in our life. And he wants to give us everything that he desires to give us in our lives. And so uh, Romans chapter 14, we'll see this in verse 7 through 9. It says, for we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. And so we ought to honor him with every bit of our life. I mean, that pretty much covers it. The living and the dead. So we ought to, we ought to honor him in every area of our life. And honestly, the, the, the lack of honor when we, when we don't honor him in the place that we need to honor him, in the level that we need to honor him, it limits him, it limits God in our life. As it did when Jesus walked this earth, the Bible says that he couldn't do anything mighty because they didn't honor him. And, uh, and, and I don't want that. I don't want God to be limited in your life. I, I want him to be everything that he wants to be in your life. Don't, don't you want that? Yeah. And, and I know I see this. And I, there's honestly, it boggles my mind. I don't understand some things other than we've been schooled wrong. We've been taught wrong. We, and, and, you know, I came in when I got born again. I got born again when I got saved. I, I came from being a, a heathen. I didn't have any church background to speak of. Uh, I, I didn't have any. I didn't attend church, and so I attended the the school of the world, you know. And so I I was hardcore. I, I you know I dealt drugs. I did drugs. I I was an alcoholic from a very young age until until I came into the kingdom of God. And and it was only after I came in, into a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. I came into a personal relationship with Jesus. I got born again. And then five days later, I got what the Bible calls being baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
And then uh, that radically changed my life. God delivered me from alcohol, nicotine, drugs. I, I've not, from, for almost 33 years, uh, this month, a matter of fact, I turned 33 years old in my spiritual walk with the Lord and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, it transformed my life. Well, I went from, I went from uh, not knowing a thing about God. I didn't know the difference between Old Testament and New Testament. I, I, had, no, I had no biblical uh, uh, foundation to draw from. And I didn't have any uh, bad teachings to draw from. I, I hadn't been taught uh, like some people have been taught about certain things about the Holy Spirit. And, and I didn't understand that. And so when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I also, according to Scripture, and we'll get into that today, I also got a prayer language called speaking in other tongues. You don't hear it in service. We don't do it in service. It's primarily for your, your personal prayer life. And, and, and we're going to talk about that today. And, and, and there, I understand there's a lot of flakiness, a lot of craziness, a, a lot of things out there, but we don't do that here. And I understand that people have given the Holy Spirit a bum, a bum rap. I understand that. I totally understand that. But when I got saved and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I began to tell people, like, man, this is what happened. I didn't know any. I thought everybody experienced what I experienced. I thought everybody was supposed to get this. That They were all supposed to come into the not only the knowledge of Jesus, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and begin this beautiful, beautiful prayer language that I, I, I didn't know much about. And so I went around and started telling people, you know, what God had done. And then, and then I started getting this resistance and people would just shut me off. And I, I didn't understand that. I was just innocent. I was, I, you know, I didn't know how people had been taught and schooled. And I'm hoping, honestly, through today, is that if you have had some of those teachings that for some reason people say that it's from the devil or, or that... Uh, that it's only for some and not for all, and, and some of those different teachings there, that maybe you'll consider going into the Bible and reading more up on it. I wished I could share everything that I want to share today, but uh, I, I do encourage you to go in and say, Lord, really, show me, because I don't want to miss out on anything that you have for me. And still, to this day, I'm as hungry for God as I have ever been, and I want everything that he has for me. And if I see something in the Word of God that he says is for me, I want it. I want it. I, want it. I desire it. And so with that be, being said, I want you to know that it's an advantage in your life, having the Holy Spirit, being in relationship with him, and even the gifts that he gives. And it's not, you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit, I believe, and still not speak in other tongues and speak in that heavenly language. And, that, and that's fine, but I, I believe that you, you're missing out on some advantages. I, I just do. I just do. I can't, I, personally, I couldn't see myself not doing it every day of my life. And, and some, I'm just going to share some of the things that it ben, I benefit in and that I see that Scripture says that we can benefit from. And, and so uh, I want to take you to John chapter 16, verse 7. Uh, today, first of all, let me just give you, let's go back uh, uh, and let me give you today's title of today's message. It's, it is to your advantage. I've entitled uh, today's message, It's to Your Advantage. And, and it, it really is. 
the Holy Spirit and all his gifts and all that he wants to do in your life is to your advantage. It's not to... It, it, by the way, let me just... It, it, does, it, it doesn't make you crazy. I, I, just think, I just think that we do crazy things as people. And honestly, I, I did some crazy things before I knew Christ. I am so ashamed. There's some things that I tell you about. There's some things that I am too ashamed to tell you about. Because I'm very transparent with my life. I tell you when, you know, my wife and I clash and we have some intimate uh, discussions. And, and, uh, and when I talk about intimate, I'm talking about where they're not very pleasant. And, and, and it's, always, it's always my fault, by the way. But I'm transparent. I really am. And, and today I'm going to try to be as transparent as I possibly can be and just sharing with you because I don't want you to look at Christianity as being something negative because it isn't. It ought to be a positive. So let me just share with you this scripture and then I'm going to launch into a few scriptures. In John 16 verse 7 it says, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. I'm reading this out of the Amplified Bible. It says, it is to your advantage, which also means profit and benefit. I looked that up, that word advantage. It means to your your profit, to your advantage, to your benefit, that I go away. For if I do, this is Jesus speaking, for if I do not go away, the helper, talking about the Holy Spirit, the comforter, advocate, intercessors, counselor, uh, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be close in close fellowship with you. He wasn't meant to be a spiritual hitchhiker. He's meant to be in close fellowship with you and I. That when we walk through each and every day, and by the way, when you're navigating through this, this life, you're going you're gonna to go through a lot of different things that you just have no clue how to handle unless you have the Holy Spirit's help. I know that you might get through it, but will you get through it like you need to? And will you get through it uh, unscarred and unhurt and that type of thing? I think he helps us avoid some things that we... Uh, I, we I mean, we're, we're going to have... In this world, we're going to have all kinds of troubles and tribulations. The scripture says that's going to happen. But can we get through it uh, with all... Uh, you know, not being hurt like many, many people are. I, I just, I want God's best for you. I really do. And, uh, and, and the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. And so it's a, it's a perfect gift for us. And so I just want to share some thoughts. First of all, I'm going to take you to Acts chapter 8. When, when they came to me five days after, it was my brother and his pastor, and my family was there, and all of us knew to, to the things of God uh, they, they shared these scriptures with me, and I'm going to share them with you, and then I'm going to walk you through some advantages, and I'm going I'm to walk you through some things that will keep you from receiving uh, from, from God. So let's start with Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Being assembled together, again, uh, this is with Jesus, and he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard of me, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
So you notice there's some different baptisms, the doctrines, the Bible calls it doctrines of baptisms. Rusty's going to be here first Wednesday, that's this coming Wednesday, and he's going to talk about the uh, spiritual baptisms. We're on a, on a series on our first Wednesdays called uh, The Reality of the Spirit World, and he's going to talk about spiritual baptisms, and I want to encourage you to come and, and, and be a part of that, and you see that here. But verse 8 says, this is what will happen when you have that baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And what I want you to see is it says, and this will take place, and you shall be my witnesses. It ain't up there. There it is. And you shall be my witnesses. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I felt like God shared this with me years and years ago. It should never be a turnoff. The Holy Spirit was never meant to be a turnoff in anybody's life. It, it ought to make us a better witness for him. It ought to make our life more effective. We ought to be more influential. We ought to be more loving. We ought to be more kind. We ought to be more effective in the lives of others. Amen? And, 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 and then it goes on to say in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, because he, he was talking to about 500 people, and he says, I want you to receive this promise. I want you to tarry. I want you to wait until that promise took, takes place. And then in Acts 2.4, we see the fulfillment of that. And there was about 120 people. So there was a few people that didn't stick around. But I want you to see what did happen. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. One sat upon each, each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the Bible says here that they began to speak as the Spirit gave. Yeah. We uh, are the ones that do the speaking. He's the one that gives the giving. I, I, I always say it this way because one of the things that I've heard over the years is that people think that the Holy Spirit's just going to come and possess you like a demon-possessed person. But he will not do that. He's a gentleman. He's invited. He will give you the power. It's like a light switch. We have these lights on, and the power is always going to that light switch, but the light switch is the the very vehicle that turns the power on or off. Well, the Holy Spirit is there, and he, he empowers our life. And then we can pray in other tongues, and it gives us particular advantages, different gifts, different things happen as a result of doing that. But he's not going to force you to do that. So therefore, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, maybe not ever, ever participate in, in that prayer language. By the way, this is where I have a problem, okay? So if you're here with a problem about speaking in tongues, let me, let me give you a problem. Uh, I mean, let me give you my thoughts on the problem that I have. Is it's, a, it's a language. Why would somebody have a problem with a language? It's one that you don't understand. I understand that. But I may have somebody, we have people, we have Vietnamese people that attend here, and they may come up here and speak in Vietnamese. I would not understand one word, but nor would I criticize it or condemn it just because I don't understand it. The same way with uh, speaking in Spanish, you know, uh, you may not understand a word of Spanish, but that is no, that's no reason to think that it's a bad thing or evil thing. It's just a different thing. 
is different than how we speak. And so uh, this prayer language is something that God's given for, to us so that we can communicate. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Why is it given? Because we want to know the advantages, don't you? I want to know the advantages. Uh, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go so that I can send the Holy Spirit. It's going to profit you. It's going to benefit you. So I want to know why that is. And so I hope to share that in just a little bit of time that we have. And I do have just a little bit of time to share a lot of stuff with you today. And so if you're following along, uh, let's just talk about it. First of all, the advantage of praying in other tongues. I had like 25 uh, scriptures that there's no way, there's no way, okay? So uh, go study your Bible, okay? And if you want, I, I will send you my notes if you want them, okay? Uh, so number one, first of all, advantage of praying in other tongues. Praying in tongues helps you communicate with God. Uh, the Bible says that we are a spirit. You and I were created in the image of God. We are a spirit. We live in a body. We have a soul. And so we are spirit beings. The Bible says those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Why? We communicate to God in spirit. Does that mean that we can't communicate it? communicate with him in our understanding? Absolutely. We know that. And so we can do that. But there's also a different depth. My, my wife says it this way, honey, there's a language that we speak to each other. Husband and wives know that, right? There's certain things that we say to each other that only we know. Yeah, I hear that laugh back there. I got you. And only we know. And there's an intimacy there that we have in that language that we speak to one another. Yes, it is in, known, in a known language that everybody in e that speaks English understands, but there's just certain things that we do. Well, according to Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14.2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. That word mysteries is hidden, hidden secrets. There's things that, that we speak. We don't understand it. It's coming out of our spirit. I'm going to back up. I'm going to back up. Even the world recognizes, those that don't know Christ, even the world recognizes that, um, that uh the difference that speaking in other tongues can make. I'm, I'm just going to pause and stop here and just show you a video real quick that ABC ran years and years ago that I just want you to... I just took it and edited it out. You can go on uh, YouTube and find it. But let's watch this real quick. Today we examine the Christian practice of speaking in tongues. Those outside the church often say it's nothing more than gibberish. But some Christians claim that it's the purest form of prayer beyond the constraints of normal language. Nightline's Vicki Mabry reports on the science of speaking in tongues. It's almost all in yellows and red here. At the University uh, of Pennsylvania, Dr. Andrew Newberg is looking for an explanation for what most regard as unexplainable. Right I mean, it's not language. It's not regular language, at least, that would normally activate the frontal lobe. Newberg is exploring the relationship between faith and science, studying what happens in the brain during the deepest moments of faith. If we're really going to look at this very, very powerful force in human history of religion and spirituality, I think we really have to take a look at how that affects our brain, what's changing or turning on or turning off in our brain. They're going to go around very fast right now. 
He's recently published a study of Americans speaking in tongues. Remarkably, he discovered that what's happening to them neurologically looks a lot like what they say is happening to them spiritually. Make sure we got your whole head in there. We asked Pastor Jerry Stoltzfus to come to the university to have his brain scanned while he speaks in tongues. First, he's told to pray in English. Then, he's told to speak in tongues. This is the first scan when he was in prayer, speaking in English. This is the second scan when he is praying in tongues. Pastor Stoltzfus's scan showed that his frontal lobe, the part of the brain that controls language, was active when he prayed in English, but for the most part it fell quiet when he prayed in tongues. When they're actually engaged in this whole very intense spiritual practice, religious practice for them, their frontal lobes tend to go down in activity, but I think it's very consistent with the kind of experience that they have because they say that they're not in charge. They're, it's the voice of God, it's the Spirit of God that's moving through them. Dr. Newberg says the results were even more dramatic on subjects who were scanned without a nightline crew in the room. In earlier studies, Dr. Newberg looked at what happens in the brains of Buddhist monks meditating and Franciscan nuns praying. In contrast to the people who are like the Buddhists and the Franciscan nuns who are in prayer because they are very intensely focused and in those individuals the frontal lobes actually increased activity. But Dr. Newberg isn't out to prove or disprove anything. He can tell you what happens in the brain, not why. This is Vicki Mabry for Nightline in Philadelphia. The gray area where fact meets faith. Isn't that interesting? And, uh, and, and you know, if you go on and read in 1 Corinthians 14 too, the Bible says when a person prays in other tongues that their spirit prays and their understanding is unfruitful. And so it, it's almost like your brain isn't active at that point because it's a spiritual thing that's taking place, which is it's a cool thing. You're, according to scripture, we're praying and we're speaking to God and we're speaking mysteries. And I have all kinds of stories, 33 years of stories, okay? But I, I just don't have the time this morning. Let me give you the second uh, thought that I want to give you, the advantage of praying in tongues. Praying in tongues, is it helps God communicate to you, not only you to God, but God to you. And it causes us to be sensitive. 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through 15 says, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with my understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I'll sing with my understanding also. So what, what, had hap- what happens is that God can communicate to us. And I can't tell you how many, 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 many times where I'm just praying, and, and I run out of words. I run out of English words, and so I can just pray in, 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 in the Spirit, as the Word of God says, and I'll just pray in the Spirit. And during those times, there are times that God just reveals things to me. I remember one time, I, I raised my son when he was, uh, uh, for you that don't know, I, I've been married before, and, and, um, and I got custody of my son, and I was able to raise him and, uh, for six years until my, uh, God brought my lovely wife that I so love and adore that I chase every day. And, uh, and, and if you don't chase your wife, you need to. Uh, but anyhow, that's another, that's another sermon, right? And, uh, 
but anyway, I, I, one day I was praying, and, and God says, don't, and he, he would spend a, a month, we lived in Oklahoma, and he'd spend a month in, during the summer in, in uh, New Mexico where she lived, and that, that uh, day I was praying, I felt like I just knew that I knew in my knower what I said. I didn't hear a voice, I didn't hear that, I just knew in my knower, in my spirit, uh, that I wasn't supposed to let him go. I just knew that I knew that I knew. That never happened before that I uh, was instructed. I felt like I was instructed to not let him go with his mom, especially a month. Just and she hadn't seen him all, and you know, for several months, six months, I think. And I wasn't uh, going to let him go. Now that could had had some uh, legal ramifications, and and so I I I acted on it. I just knew that I knew that I knew in my knower that God had put that in my heart. And that came from me just praying in the spirit. I just knew. And so I, I told her when I, you know, when we were making arrangements, I said, I just feel like she's a Christian. I just feel like I'm not supposed to do that. Boy, she got hot. Whew. I could tell you about that too, but I'm not going to. Uh, but, and that was years ago, okay? That was years and years. My son's now 35 years old, okay? So that tells you how long ago that was. All right, so she's a different person. I'm a different person, thank God. And, uh, but anyhow, uh, long story short, she came to me. She showed up at my doorstep in Oklahoma with a broken arm, with tears in her eyes, thanking me for not letting him come because of the state that she happened to be in in that season of life, that she had gotten on some, some, um, some medication and some stuff, and she, she thanked me for not doing that. Well, I didn't know in my natural. I didn't know in my understanding. That just came from the Lord showing me those things. And so that's just one of those advantages of praying. And I can tell you, again, story after story after story where this has happened in my life, okay? Uh, let me give you a third thing. Praying in tongues helps you in your weaknesses. You, you know, you're going to have some weaknesses in life in that. There's just, in your praying, you just don't even know how to pray con- concerning a certain situation or God puts a burden in your heart and, and it's like, how do I pray about this? Well, you're able to pray in the Spirit according to the Word of God. And I can tell you, again, story after story where that took place. And I, I phew, talked about child custody. I, I had no clue, no clue uh, how I was going to get custody of my son. I knew in my knower that I was supposed to raise him. And I remember going to her over and over and over. And I say because she wasn't in good place anyway. She was young and she wanted to you know, just partying, that type of thing at that point. And she wasn't in a great place. And, and so anyway, she wanted custody. I wanted custody. And I just, I was, like I said, I got on fire for God and hungry for God and passionate. And every bit of my life was consumed in serving God as it is today. And, uh, and so I, I went to her and she said, no, I'm going to fight you. And so she got a lawyer. I got a lawyer. And actually, I, 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 I couldn't find a lawyer to support me. Uh, the lawyer was a divorce lawyer, but he would not. There was no lawyer in town that would uh, take on my custody case because she wasn't a bad mom. She just wasn't living for God, and and a judge would not understand that, nor would he support that. And so, uh, and that's what all the lawyers told me. And I went to the best of the best in in our city in New Mexico. So what did I do? I went to the judge of judges. And I went to God, and I prayed when my understanding, and then when I didn't know how to pray, I prayed in the Spirit. 
And, and eventually, uh, one day, in my knower, God says, go talk to her. Talking about my ex-wife. So I went and talked to her. And that day, I began to tell her what was in my heart concerning uh, raising him up and bringing him up in the admonition, nurture of the Lord, and bringing him up in the things of God. And, and thank God. And uh, that moment... I guess God just prepared her. That moment, she broke down just crying, and she said, okay, she consented. She said, you can, you can, you can raise him. Only God. Amen. And I'm telling you, battle after battle, we had been battling for months and months and months. I, it took us, uh, I think, six months to, to get a divorce because of, of the custody issue in between. I just wouldn't sign papers, and I was not going to give in. And uh, all that, I believe, came. It was... God, through the word, through the Holy Spirit. Let me read this scripture to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. And it tells us what that weakness is, okay? It says, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. It doesn't say we don't know how to pray. It just, it just says we don't know how to pray like we need to in a particular situation, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he that searches the hearts knows the, the mind of the Spirit, what the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And that was the thing that I told her. I said, it's God's will. I, I pointed out in the Word of God. God says to bring our children up in the admonition and nurture the Lord. Teach them in the ways that they should go. And that way, when they're old, they will not depart from it. And on and on. And I, I just flowed out of me when I was sharing with her. And I'm telling you, God's presence was strong. His anointing was there. And she broke down and began to just weep like a baby and knew that God was in it. Okay? And so, it, for me, it was a weakness. And I remember those times of prayer. It was tough. It was a tough situation during the, one of the biggest battles I ever had was that battle. Not the only, but one of the biggest. Let me, let me give you just uh, really quick, because I, I, I don't have a whole lot of time. And, um, and this is probably, all of these areas are areas that I've had the advantage of in life. And I've needed desperately over the course of life. Number four is this. Praying in tongues helps you get edified. The word edified means to be built up. Or another uh, translation says to charged up, like you would charge a battery. And if you ever had your battery go dead, what a bum. And there's been a lot of people that have gone through life and they're they're just not charged up. They're not, they're just, their battery's dead. There's, they, 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 they want more, they want more of even God, but how do you get it? I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't for this throughout the course of life, because I, I could sit here and I want to share all my testimony, just don't, this one little setting like this, it doesn't afford me to be able to do that, but just understand that uh, you and I have this advantage given to us if we'll take advantage of it. We can take advantage of the Holy Spirit, yes. amen, in a good, in a good sense. And so uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4 and 5, uh, we'll start there. It says, uh, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. In other words, when we say things that, that's understandable to the church, that's when it builds up the church. 
And then it goes on to say, I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. And he's talking about, actually, Paul's correcting some, some misuse of speaking in tongues. And it, it was done in a public setting, and it wasn't edifying everybody except for the individual that was speaking in tongues. And he was correcting that. And then it goes on to say a, a, a lot of other things. But verse 18 says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all, yet... In the church, I would rather I would rather speak five words with understanding that it may teach others also than ten thousand words in tongues because it doesn't edify anybody else other than the individual, and that's why you you probably ain't going to hear it here. It's it, you know unless you just happen somebody during worship you hear it and somebody you know that type of thing. But it, this is your personal practice. This is where you you can practice it at home. And, and and again, I understand there's a lot of craziness out there. And if you disagree with me, I understand you can. You, you're you're more than welcome to be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> but just understand, it's probably not going to happen here. Okay. But I, I want to encourage you to dive in and and, and uh, find out more about this because it is an advantage to you. Uh, and so, gosh, so much could be said here, and I'm just out of time, so I just want to deposit just really quick thoughts with you of, of what really keeps uh, people from taking advantage of all that the Holy Spirit offers. Let me just give you really in closing. Number one is wrong thinking, and I, I addressed that earlier. But wrong thinking. Wrong thinking is because we've gathered these thoughts somewhere in the course of life. Where did we gather the thought that it was bad? That it was, did we come up with that in our, own, in our own thinking? No, it came from somebody else's thinking that was passed on into our thinking. And, so, and, so, and, and honestly, I'm still, I'm still being corrected in wrong thinking and will be throughout life because I'm always growing. I'm always learning. I'm not exhausted God here. And so I, I even in this, I just got in. It's like, Lord, I, I need your help. Teach me because I know that there's so much controversy around this out in the, in the, in the church. And I just want to present it in a way that, that you understand. And that, it, it, you know, maybe this is something you're missing out on that you need in your life. And, and so wrong thinking, and, and if you want to write down some references, I don't have time to take you there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, and 13 through 14. Uh, wrong behaving is a, the second one. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. It says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were unable to receive it. Even now, you are still unable, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And, and if, you know, if we're in strife, if we're in division over this, it's because of wrong behaving. And really what it is, when I talk about wrong behaving, I'm talking about pride. Pride will keep us. Uh, Proverbs 13.10 says, Wisdom opens your heart to receive wise counsel, but pride closes your ears to advice and gives birth to only quarrels and strife. The wrong behaving is pride. How? how I don't know more than God. And, and, and you know, I, I, would just, I would just argue the point, if you want to, if you allow me to say it that way. I just argue the point. 
why would you resist something that God has for you, if not pride? Do you think that you know more than maybe even myself or God? Okay, just a thought. <laughs> just a thought. And then wrong, be, wrong believing, number three, and then I'll close with this. The Bible says, these signs shall follow those that believe. One of the signs that will follow those that believe is not only laying hands on the sick and then recovering, but also speaking in other tongues. And if you don't believe it, then it's not going to happen for you. So don't worry about it. So if this message isn't something that you, you, you feel like didn't benefit you, uh, come next week, okay? But I'm going to tell you, this benefited somebody here today. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you today. We love you. We're grateful, grateful, grateful for speaking to us, giving us your gifts. Lord, you called us not to be natural people, but supernatural people. You called us to a life of walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh.